Okay, here's the scenario. You have a hearing loss, you've been recommended hearing aids, but in the back of your mind, you know someone who did not do well with hearing aids. What's next? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Squires. And I'm Dr. Carly Squires. And this is Dr. Squires Squared. This is a channel where we have candid and casual conversations about anything and everything audiology. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, we're going to tell you everything we know about it. All right, so we've got a scenario. Carly has said she's got a hearing loss. I recommended hearing aids, but she knows somebody that really didn't have a good experience. Um, maybe somebody who's close to you, or maybe somebody who's a family member or a, a really close friend. And um, now you're asking them for advice and they're saying, don't do it. I had a terrible experience with my hearing aids and they live in a drawer or I returned them mm -hmm. or whatever the case might be. So where do we go from there? Yeah. So I think first we, we kind of came up with this because just so you, just so you all know, we get this comment or question a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do, and I'm sure. Oh you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So someone will say, well, you know, my, my grandfather didn't do well with his, or every time we were in a, a crowd, he couldn't hear anything anyway. So why would I, why would I go ahead and, and treat the hearing loss? Yeah, so, my best friend had him and all, right. all he could hear was wind or, you know, whatever the case might be. Right. And there's a lot of factors that could have went into that negative experience the same way there are a lot of factors that go to, into a positive experience. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to break down a few of those reasons that that may have happened and some things to kind of keep in mind if you're thinking that. Right. So first and foremost, it's really important to kind of understand when the person who had a negative experience, um, we'll, call him, we'll call him Bob, when Bob got his hearing aids, mm -hmm. because Bob may have had his hearing aids 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and things change rapidly in this industry. Right, so technology has changed so much, and, and the main thing is that hearing aids can now handle speech versus background noise much differently than they used to. Um, many products that out there. Right. Um, so that's, I guess that's a, a segue into another part of that is when Bob got his hearing aids, are you sure of what product Bob had a negative experience with? Because it could have been something that was more on that lower end of technology that isn't made to keep up with background noise, for example. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's important to, and we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, and if you haven't watched them, you should go back and watch all of them. But we've talked about how, you know, hearing aids aren't the end-all be-all. I mean, there's still going to be situations where we find ourselves struggling in some cases. But like Carly said, the differences in what we get today with like signal-to-noise ratios or um, processing speech and background noise, what we get today is vastly different mm -hmm. than what we had even five years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember when we started this practice, when we got into this, it was 2014. And when we look at the products and the, the uh, available technologies that we have today, it's remarkable the difference. It is, and it's just, it comes down to a cleaner and clearer sound quality. Right, so that brings us kind of to the, to the next point. Mm -hmm. We don't know much about Bob's overall situation you know, Carly had mentioned we don't know we don't know what he was fit with. We don't mm -hmm. know who fit him. He may not be fit appropriately mm -hmm. with those hearing aids. Then again, 
Bob may have waited too long to do something. His uh, brain's ability to understand speech might not be, you know, in the 80s, 90s percent, in, in, in those percents that really mean that he'll do better with that product. If he's got 50 or 60% word understanding, there's not a whole lot that we can improve overall. Mm -hmm. So he's he's better off with the hearing aids than he would be otherwise, but maybe he's not perceiving quite as much of a benefit uh, as what he thinks he should be. Right, so there's word understanding, like Michael said, that you have to consider. So we don't know what you know Bob's hearing hearing loss was in general or his word understanding. We also aren't really sure cognition, you know, the, oh, the brain's point. ability to actually process and understand that speech, and we, we don't know any of that. And I think it's important to, to know that every person is different, and there are so many different factors that go into mm-hmm. per, your personal experience and your personal success with hearing aids. That's that surface, we don't know beyond the surface really what was going on underneath that. Yeah, Bob may have not been very motivated to do it. Maybe he was mm-hmm. pressured by somebody to, to get into this and he's convinced himself already that it was gonna be a bad experience. True. So there's a lot of factors that go into that. That's part of the reason why we as providers sit down and go through all of the, the needs of that per- particular patient, the communication needs. Well, and I think that's a, a great point too because we also aren't sure if the product that Bob was fit with was really the best product for him. Right. Um, because I think um, sometimes, you know, we, we have had patients come in and say like, well, I want this. Well, that might not be the best option for you. And that's why you see, you know, an audiologist to go through all of those options. But we've had it happen where, and I always, I say this, like, I'm confident in what I've chosen to be the best option for you based mm-hmm. off what we know about each other at this point. Assuming we went through a hearing test together, a communication needs assessment, we, we know all those, those factors. But we can pivot as well. And, oh, yeah. and we have where it's like, you know, this isn't really working for you the way that we thought it was going to. Let's look at a different product. And I think that flexibility is very important both on the provider side and the patient side. Sure. Because there's not a way to, you know, we want to make sure we can pivot when we need to. Well, and as a patient, you want to go to a provider that's open to the discussion Mm -hmm. of if this doesn't work, then what? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a once and done. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in many cases, it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're confident with the decisions that we make for our patients uh, on the upfront, but we have to be available to help those patients beyond just that one point of of contact. You know, you had mentioned something that kind of falls into the last category that we wanted to talk about. You know, your perception is naturally gonna be different than Bob's. You have a different auditory system, you've got a different Mm -hmm. brain. So the way that you adapt and the way that you're motivated and the way that you perceive sound it's all gonna be very different than what Bob had. Mm -hmm. Which is why when people come in and say, I want this product, Mm -hmm. but I prefer a softer sound quality Mm -hmm. or those types of things, like we're not gonna go with, you know, manufacturer A because they have have a tendency to be a little bit more of a a harsher or a sharper sound quality. That's just not gonna be a good fit for your perception. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Right. (laughs) In terms of perception and, and fitting of the hearing aids, we, oftentimes use certain measures to help us kind of understand with the hearing aids mm-hmm. kind of what the patients are actually getting from that. And, and some of those measurements are, are um, in situ audiometry, which is actually like doing a hearing test through the hearing aids mm-hmm. to find out what the patient is actually getting with what, what is on their ears. We also use real ear verification measures and, and we use that as a tool to make sure that the hearing aids are doing 
what we think they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to guess, and it's another thing to verify that they're actually doing what they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So Bob may have not have had any of those any of those measurements or any of those tools utilized so that they can actually verify that the hearing aids are doing what we expect them. So if they're not, Bob's not getting that same experience. And I think that also it brings up another point. If you or someone you know has hearing aids and you're not doing well with them, it's very important that you call your provider, even if you've had them for a year or two mm -hmm. years, because the only way to, to fix that or to find a better solution is to come in and do some of these measures and do some testing. So mm -hmm. we, we've seen um, patients from other, maybe they got their hearing aids from somewhere out of town and they just moved here. And we come in to establish care and we will do some of these measures to say, oh, yep, you're right where you need to be. Or, oh, I think we could improve things a little bit here. Right. And so those follow up, those touch points later or, or sooner rather than later, I guess I should say, are very, very important so that you do have a good success with your hearing aids. Well, and that's the benefit of digitally programmable hearing aids mm -hmm. is, is really in the, in the world we live in now, the hearing aids are lasting much longer than we than we were looking at even five years ago or so. Instead of a three to five year you know, lifespan, you're talking somewhere in the six to seven year mark, which means that there's a good chance that the hearing might change. We need to make sure that the hearing aids are adapted for the prescription for the hearing loss. Mm -hmm. So if the hearing loss is changing, we've got to be able to keep up with that. Use some of those verification tools to make sure that Bob continues to have a good experience um, instead of letting his hearing aids live in a drawer because his drawer doesn't need any help hearing. Okay, so let's put in a nice big bow on this. So we talked about, we've, we've, got, diagnosis, we've got a diagnosis of hearing loss. Uh, hearing aids have been recommended, but we're just not quite there yet because we know somebody's had a negative experience. Mm -hmm. Right, so we went through several different scenarios. Basically, the bottom line is, you are not Bob. You are not <laughs> your Aunt Sally. You are not your grandfather. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different experience. And so, again, the bottom line is if you have a hearing loss and that is the recommended management or treatment for that hearing loss, really evaluate the reasons why you may not be moving forward because someone's negative experience really isn't a good reason not to move forward and help your hearing. Exactly. Talk to your provider. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you have the information that you need to make a, an, an educated decision and do what's right for you as opposed to what may have been right for Bob. If you like what you saw in this episode and you like what you heard, please like, uh, subscribe, share. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you're interested in, what questions that you might have, um, and what we can answer for you. You can always reach out to us. Give us a call at the office, 304-428-2403, or drop us an email, info at hearwv.com. Until next time, see ya.